Raiders Daily with Jason Mertides. And welcome to a day after game edition of Flyers Daily with Jason Mertides, a 5-4 shootout loss against the Boston Bruins. It is your Friday, January 22nd edition of Flyers Daily. Uh, Flyers go down in the shootout, had a couple of leads in this game that they could not hold despite the fact that they were leading 2-0 heading into the third period. Uh, a little, The first period, the Flyers didn't generate nearly enough offense. 14 saves in the first for Carter Hart, who had a real good bounce-back performance for the Flyers and really kept, uh, kept Boston at bay through the first two periods of this game. Uh, they get a couple important goals in the second period. Claude Giroux gets his first on the power play with a great shot where Travis Konechny is just to the right of Tuka Rask. Uh, on his blocker side, and even though he didn't impede the eyes of Tuka Rask, just his presence there next to Tuka Rask, if, even though he's not interfering with the goalie, just being that close to a goalie will make a goalie feel like his movements are impeded. Drew reads that perfectly and goes high blocker off the bar and in uh, with a great shot, gives the Flyers the one nothing lead. Uh, on the power play, and then James Van Riemsdyk, 5-on-5 in that period, late in the second period, is able to give the Flyers a 2-0 lead. Great passing play from Hayes to Voracek to Van Riemsdyk. They all hooked up again later in this game for a very important goal, which is really the reason why the Flyers ended up coming away with a point. Then in the third period, you knew the Bruins would be coming, and this is not a team in Boston. Even though they don't have David Pasternak, they're without Zdeno Chara, who's now in Washington, or Tory Krug, who's now in St. Louis. Uh, there's a lot of pride on that Bruins team. They were going to come out in that third period, hell-bent, and they were. Jack, Jack Studnika and Charlie Coyle scored in short order, 206 into the third. They got the game tied with two goals early in the period. Then the Flyers regained the lead when Travis Sanheim had a puck deflect off his skate and in, gave the Flyers the lead back at 3-2. Uh, Jake Voracek picked up an assist on that one as well, 700th career NHL point. And then a power play goal by Nick Ritchie tied the game again at 13-22. Brandon Carlo then gave them the lead just a little less than two minutes later at 15-18. But the Flyers battled back in just about a minute 10 later at 16-28. James Van Riemsdyk this time on the power play. Uh, again, that connection of Hayes to Voracek to Van Riemsdyk and a very similar goal than the one, the second one the Flyers scored. That one was uh, uh, on the uh, was a five-on-five goal. This one to tie the game at four was on the power play. But Hayes across the ice to v- Voracek, who then one times a pass to Van Riemsdyk, who's net front and pots at home. Uh, so that made the score four-four. Flyers got a point out of it. Got to the end of regulation. Got into the overtime. Had. Four shots on goal in overtime, and three of them were absolutely just stellar saves by Tuka Rask uh, to keep the Flyers off the board from getting the two points in this game and ultimately would head to the shootout. It, it, those go, those saves in overtime, one on Kevin Hayes was spectacular, two on Jake Voracek, first the deflection, and then uh, Voracek gathered the rebound, tried to go backhand, and somehow Rask was able to get the pad and glove combination over there and keep that one out and ultimately went to the shootout. No Flyers scored in the shootout 0 for 3 in in their attempts with Jake Voracek, Travis Konechny, and Claude Giroux, and the Boston Bruins ended up going uh, 1 of 3 when Jake DeBrusque was able to get one by Carter Hart, and that gave the Bruins the two points. The Flyers do pick up uh, the one point for the overtime loss. Uh, but uh, a game where they had a 2-0 lead going into the third period, you got to look at that as a missed opportunity, no question about it. And then even when Boston tied it, they still were able to to, to regain the lead, ultimately to lose it again and then go down. But 
uh, to come back and, and get the game tied late in the third period uh, to get a point out of it, I guess, is good. But he, the, the only issue, the issues that I see here uh, are pretty simple. Once again, you've given up too many shots, 40, and you've not uh, kind of generated enough shots. Now, I, I don't look at them as the number of shots per se. Like, I don't look at the number 40 or the number 26. I look at the quality, not the quantity. Not all shots are created equal. You can go out and have 45 shots on an opposition goaltender, and it can be an easy night for a goalie versus a game where you have 26 shots, and it can be a very difficult night for a goalie because the shot, the, the quality of the shots are not the same. Uh, you, if you shoot from the outside on clear-sighted shots, goalies, that's playing pitch and catch. That's easy. Uh, but when you create traffic, layered screens, or redirects, um, cross-ice passes, cross the slot line. Those are much more difficult on a goalie. Now, the Flyers aren't generating a lot of shots, 27th in the NHL in average shots per game, uh, but they are scoring goals. They're third in the NHL in scoring, and they put up four against the Bruins in the game last night. Um, They've given up too many shots. They've given up a ton of shots this year when last year they were one of the best teams at shot suppression. Um, But there was way too many good chances by the Bruins. The number 40, yeah, it's high, and it's two games in a row where the opposition has gotten to 40, um, but they've given up too many quality chances. Carter Hart had to make a lot of really difficult saves in this game. The only reason the Flyers were really in it into that second period was a great first period by Carter Hart. Uh, so, so they have to limit the amount of time they're spending in their own zone, and they have to find a way to spend more time in the opposition go- zone. That that seems about as logical as it gets when it comes to hockey, obviously. Uh, but they do need to do a better job. They're not spending enough time in the opposition zone. And w- and look, when one comes, the other one takes care of itself. If you're in the opposition zone, obviously you're not defending in your own zone. It's something Elaine Vigneault's talked about, and they need to get better at. And we're going to hear from Elaine Vigneault in this podcast and his after-the-game uh, press conference in just a minute. But right now, we're joined by Flyers Center. He was uh, added to the lineup due to the injury to Morgan Frost and by virtue of uh, Sean Couturier as well. And he joins us right now. Connor Bunneman joins us on Flyers Daily. Bunny, how are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing good, man. i got to ask you first and foremost, it's got to be pretty difficult not having any exhibition games and just kind of skating and working out and going through a, a condensed camp and then jumping right in. How was it to kind of assimilate yourself to game speed? Um, it wasn't that big of an adjustment. Uh, coaches did a good job at camp uh, making sure we're ready with all the games, inter-squad games we had. Um, they are high-intensity. Um, all the guys did a good job, so it uh, wasn't too difficult. It was just uh, kind of get my mind around a real NHL game at the Garden kind of thing. When you look back and, and that you've played in the NHL before and you've got you got a good amount of games under your belt, that helps you in that situation, doesn't it? Oh, for sure, especially with the confidence thing. Um, more comfortable around the guys, um, with the systems, um, and just being out there uh, with 20 games under my belt. Uh, for sure helps me a lot. Uh, coming in as a center, does that help you a little bit? It's more responsibility, but you're coming in, you're playing center. I imagine for you instinctually, um, even though you have more responsibility, that maybe that's even a better aspect to coming in in this kind of unique situation. Uh, yeah, it definitely uh, gives me uh, a little bit more ice if I'm, uh, if I'm on on draws and uh, coach can trust me to be out there in the D zone, especially on the road when uh, – they're going to throw uh, Marshawn's line out there against the fourth line kind of thing. Um, but, yeah, um, I've adjusted. Uh, can play both positions 
whatever the whatever coach wants me to do, and I'll do it kind of thing. Um, the third period of that game, you guys go in with a 2 nothing lead. It was obviously a wide-open third period, a total of six goals in the period. Um, but you guys knew that team was going to come and push. They, they struggled a little bit here early in their first three games, first game at home, albeit without fans. Uh, but they really threw a lot at you guys in that third period, didn't they? Yeah, they came hard, um, for sure. Uh, it was a tight, tight match all the way through. Um, yeah, we, we just battled hard and um, didn't get the result we wanted. But uh, we're going to watch some video, uh, look it over, and uh, see if we can do better and hopefully get the win uh, Saturday. Bunny, playing in the AHL, you'll go to a city and play a team in back-to-back nights in their building. Uh, you have fans in that situation, but this is without fans. But you're playing a team back-to-back in their own building. Is there anything to draw on in that situation? Or do you have any explanation why it's hard to beat a team twice in the NHL, uh, even if you know, you're know you in your home building for both of those games? Uh, I think it's hard to beat a team twice in a row in the NHL at any time. Um, everybody, everybody is a good team. Um, I'm saying kind of more just as a road experience. You're at the hotel, you're not back home in your own bed kind of thing. Uh, but you got to adjust. Everybody does it and you just got to bring it every night and, uh, make sure you're ready. Playing a team like Boston too, is there a little scar tissue that builds up just after one game, knowing you're going to face them in the next? Uh, yeah, a little bit. You, uh, you just see it out there on the ice a little more, a little more chippy and, uh, a little more exciting knowing you got to play them in a few more days. Yeah, no doubt about it. Um, it feels good to be back in the NHL, doesn't it? Feels good to be playing no. in the NHL, right? No, for sure. Dream come true, and uh, we'll play a stick. Yeah, well, I, I remember talking to you during the pause and, and all the work that you were putting in as best you could in that offseason. I'm glad it paid off and you're getting in there. Uh, Bunny, thanks for doing this, man. Best of luck coming up on Saturday. We appreciate you stopping by on Flyers Daily. All right, thank you. Thanks to Connor Bunneman for joining us on this episode of Flyers Daily. Uh, Flyers still dealing with this injury bug. Played a lot of that game without Mark Friedman, who had uh, tangled up with with Brad Marchand, of all people, right? Um, I know a lot of people said, oh, it's Marchand being dirty. That was not a dirty play. It was just an unfortunate play. Friedman, all said and done, played eight shifts in five minutes and 35 seconds of ice time. So once again, the Flyers are playing with a short bench. This is now three games of the five games that they've played with a short bench in some way, shape, or form. Sean Couturier went out in the second game of the season after just two shifts and 45 seconds on the ice. You played a center down for pretty much that entire game. And then the game against the Buffalo Sabres, you lost Phil Myers at the end of the first period, so you're down a top 4D. And then uh, just past the midway part of the second period, you lost Morgan Frost with that separated shoulder. You're down a center and a defenseman. And then in this game, uh, Mark Freeman gives you the eight shifts and five minutes and 35 seconds of ice time, and you're down a D. You're playing with 5D again. It's uh, it's one of those things that happens, but you don't expect it to happen three times in the first five games. It's pretty incredible. And again, none of these injuries are things that you look at and say, well, a short camp, the you know, when you don't have time to prepare for a season, these kind of injuries happen. These are not those kind of injuries. Those injuries are groins and hamstrings and pulled muscles and they're they're not collision injuries, and all four of those injuries that the Flyers are dealing with, Couturier, Frost, Phil Myers, and Mark Freeman, are all physical contact collision injuries. They happen in hockey, but it's just odd that they've all happened at the same time. So we'll see if Mark Freeman's able to go on Saturday. Uh, we'll get further updates, obviously, in the next couple of days or week uh, regarding uh, either Morgan Frost, Sean Couturier, 
or Phil Myers. Phil Myers out a couple of weeks with fractured ribs, painful injury. It hurts to sleep when you have fractured ribs. I don't know if you ever had that. It is not fun. Hurts to breathe. Um, Morgan Frost looks like it'll be a little bit more long term, and Sean Couturier at the onset of his injury was deemed to be a, a couple weeks. So we'll see where the timeline goes for these. But Flyers being hit with an injury bug here early on in this season. Let's get to the head coach after the game against the Bruins, the five four shootout loss. Elaine Vigno addressed the media. Yeah, AV, uh, can you tell us the status of Mark Friedman, and do you think that? Uh, the defense was tired in the third period. Did that contribute to the uh, onslaught? Well, there's, I, I think from I just talked to Mark and, the, and he's fine. I think they just uh, docs took him out for precautionary reasons, but uh, no doubt that uh, some of our D's have played some big minutes in the, the last couple of games. Uh, but at, you know, at the end of the day, I mean, we knew that uh, we had talked about it prior to the game that uh, you know they would come out hard. This was their first home game, and uh, you know they did come out hard in the first. I thought our, our for the amount of time that uh, we had possession in their zone, we didn't get a lot out of it. Uh, but uh, I thought we played excellent in the second period. Uh, I thought we carried the play, scored the power play goal, then scored that second goal. Knowing in the third that they would, you know, have a push, and they did have a push, uh, but um, you know, sometimes games unfold like this, and we found a way. Our power play found a way to to tie the game up, and uh, we got a point out of this, and we'll get ready for the next game. Jordan Hall, <laughs> you're on with Coach. Go ahead. Hi, Lane. Um, hey, how are you? Good, good. You guys have given up uh, 40 or more shots in back-to-back games. Just can you put your finger on maybe why you're you're struggling to give up uh, or why you're struggling to prevent shots? Yeah, you know, I, you know, I, I thought um, in the first period, obviously, they, they got quite a few shots on that, and you know, this this that team hadn't scored a five-on-five goal I think since the beginning of the year, so they had that big shooting mentality, shoot from everywhere, create scam, scrambles in front of our net. Uh, they were effective at at it. Give them credit. Uh, obviously, uh, we need to tighten up a little bit uh, uh, defensively here, and those are areas that uh, we'll continue to work on, and I'm confident that we're going to improve. Ed Barkowitz, you're on with Coach. Go ahead. Yeah. Hello, Elaine. Um, Elaine, how do you look at this uh, uh, game tonight? Are you satisfied, gratified that you got a point, or are you disappointed that you, you were up two heading into the third and didn't put them away? Uh, you know, I knew it was going to be a hard game. Bruins uh, – you know, they were the best in the NHL in the regular season last year, and uh, uh, they got a great team. Uh, they hadn't scored a lot. I knew that uh, they'd come at us hard. They did. Uh, you know, we were up two to nothing after two periods. Uh, they had a strong push. There were some moments in this game that I really liked. I liked the fact that our power play in a critical time scored a big goal, uh, enabled us to get a point. Uh, we lost in a skill competition there, so... Uh, you know, at the end of the day, uh, we did some good things and some other areas we need to improve, and uh, we're going to work at it, and we are going to improve. Charlie O'Connor, you're on with Coach. Go ahead. Hey, Charlie. Hey, Lynn. Uh You guys obviously are missing some some key pieces right now, Coots, Myers. Is there a feeling that a lot of these games during this stretch are going to be like this, where they're real grinded out back and forth, even games? You know, injuries are, are part of the game, and, uh, you know, you've got to have that uh, next man up mentality, and that's what we do. thought uh, Connor coming in, Bunny, tonight uh, gave us a real strong game. He was 
physical. He was strong on the forecheck. I'm, I liked what he gave us. Uh, you know, we, uh, uh, who's ever in the lineup, their job is to, to put their A game on the ice and help us win games, and that's what we're trying to do. All right, that's going to put a wrap on this episode of Flyers Daily. And remember, coming up tomorrow, we'll have another one for you, and we'll preview game two of the two-game set between the Flyers and Bruins. Can the, the Flyers avenge the 5-4 shootout loss? Well, we'll find out tonight. That's the good news. Well, we'll find out tomorrow. So that's the good news, and we'll be back tomorrow with another brand-new episode. In the meantime, everybody, thanks for listening. Stay safe, stay healthy, and we'll talk to you next time on Flyers Daily. Yeah.